Recently, I came across a scripture that meant so much to me, which I'm going to share with you today. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have shown toward his name. His name is the word of God. Loving the word of God. I was taken into heaven twice after I was born again. I was with God, with Christ, with the Holy Spirit. This happened in the night when I was asleep and I was transported into heaven. And at that time, I knew I was with God. I knew I was with Jesus. I knew I was was with the Holy Spirit. I saw no images. God is a spirit. So you wouldn't be seeing images of God. But you know you're with God when something like that happens to you. You just know you're with God and with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit, though you see no images. And at that time, I was merged into the body of Jesus, made one with the Word of God. A few nights later, the same thing happened a second time, exact same thing. I was merged in the body of Jesus and made one with the Word of God. After that happened, I was so on fire for the Bible. I owned a business at that time, and I was able to stay home all day and just read the Bible because I had competent women that worked at the shop and they could do everything that I could do there almost. And they would call me if they needed me. But they ran the shop. I just stayed home and read the Bible. That love toward the Bible, toward the Word of God, it was so strong and still is, I think. It's sort of like a marriage At the beginning, there's that burning fire, and then you have this long period of time of 40, 50 years, and it grows and grows and grows. It might not be quite as exciting as the beginning, but you still have that deep love. That's what this is like. It's that deep love of Scripture. And often I thought, well, of course I have it. I was taken into heaven twice and merged into the body of Jesus twice. So of course I have a deep love of Scripture. Of course I'm one with the Word of God. But Pam Padgett didn't have that happen to her, and she loves the Word of God as much as I do. This is quite comforting to me because I know that some of you love the Word of God that way. Well, God will not forget that love that we have toward the Word of God. And he also says in this scripture in Hebrews 6.10, in that we have ministered to the saints and do minister. You may not have been on radio like I have been, or you may not have been in public doing this work like I do, but you do it in private helping the church, helping the individuals. The church are the individuals. They're not the group of people that go to a church building. They are the ones who have the Holy Spirit living in them. That's the real church. Let's read this scripture now once again. 
For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love which ye have showed toward his name, in that ye minister to the saints and do minister. It encourages us so much when we look at a scripture like that. For God won't forget us. We may not have the compliments that other people have. Even the people who we're helping might not particularly compliment us. I find that whether they do or whether they don't, it doesn't too much matter because somehow I'm sustained by God in this enormous love toward the Word of God. And that's what it takes. So many people love an outward form of religion. They love a church building. They love stained glass. They love the choir or the singing. They love the carved wood around the pulpit. They even love the minister. But they don't have that burning love for the Word of God, the Scriptures. But I think some of you do. Some of you listening to me do. And that's the reason you're listening, is we help each other by sharing things like this with each other. And usually when we are actually doing what God wants us to do, the devil is trying to turn us to go the opposite way. Whichever way God has told you to go, don't be surprised if someone doesn't rise up to say, well, I just don't see how you can do that. Someone in your own household, someone in your own church. And we might even have a day when we're discouraged and we think we can't do this. But I find that God always has a way to restore my soul to raise me up in times of discouragement. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And remember that part where it says, He restoreth my soul he will bring a scripture to you or something to you to help you in the moments when you are a little bit down. Recently, this scripture was called to my attention, and it was so important to me. Philippians chapter 2, the part that stood out to me is in verse fifteen sixteen. In the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life. And that's what we do constantly. We are holding forth the word of life. They are going in darkness and a way of destruction. When they come across our path, very often God will have them see us going in the way of light. And they are stopped in their tracks and begin to wonder. And sometimes they're saved just by seeing that light that is in us. In the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. Oh, it is so bad today so bad and it will not get better it will get worse and worse and worse until till God brings the great tribulation and Jesus comes because that's what the Bible says will happen 
Paul said evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Paul said in the last days, perilous times will come. They're not going to get better. It's going to get worse. And don't we see that? Can you look at a television show produced today in the year 2021 and then look back at a television show produced in 1990 and can't you see the difference between the morality of the generations? And if you go back to 1940, you'll be just really stricken by the difference in the morality of society. And today they're going in a way which they think is good. They want to stop hatred. They want to stop um, racial prejudice. They want to stop all these things. And they're going in a way which they think is good. But if this earth exists a hundred years, they will find they have made no difference whatsoever in what's going on. Because hatred is a work of the flesh. You can't get rid of hatred unless you die. Because hatred will always be there trying to rise up. We control hatred. We control it. We don't eliminate it. We control it in ourselves by turning to God and asking him for help. Or by being reminded of a scripture by the Holy Spirit extinguishing the fire of hatred that wants to surface. These works of the flesh, we can't get rid of them any more than we can get rid of our finger or our foot. It's part of us as long as we live on this earth. It is only when we are taken off this earth that we will not have this flesh. And we will not have this flesh to deal with When we are removed from this earth, we will be changed. That's in 1 Corinthians 15. Start reading at about verse 48 through about verse 42. Paul said we'll be changed in a twinkling of an eye. Blink your eye. That's how fast we'll be changed. We won't have these fleshly bodies. Because by these fleshly bodies, we have these temptations. And by these fleshly bodies, we have sorrow and pain, physical pain. We won't have any of this in heaven. In the new Jerusalem, we will have none of this because we won't be in these fleshly bodies. Let's look at uh, some scripture on this subject. If you'll start reading in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 at verse 47. First man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. As we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now what does this mean? Well, weren't you born in the image of your mother and father and your relatives? Maybe you have red hair and your father had red hair, or maybe you have a certain trait that 
one of your relatives have, and someone will say, oh, that reminds me of Grandpa. You're born in the image of the earthy. When we are taken off this earth, we are given new heavenly bodies according to the will of God. We won't have these bodies right now that are subject to pain, to physical pain and disease and aging and death. We won't have these bodies. We'll have new physical bodies. This is what this is telling us. And as we were born in the image of the earthy, we'll be born in the image of the heavenly. And what is God? He's a spirit. And this is a great mystery. But we're going to have spiritual bodies. It won't be like it is here. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery, says Paul. We shall not all die, but we shall all be changed. There are some people that won't see death. We don't know when Jesus is returning, but when he returns, he'll take us off this earth if we're still living on this earth, but it won't be in these physical bodies. We will have new heavenly bodies. We will be changed. So in verse 51, Paul says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. We will not all die. But we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. The living will still will be changed before we're taken off this earth. Blink your eye. Just blink. That's how fast it will be. You'll be changed that fast before you're taken off this earth, if you're still alive when Jesus returns. And where will we be taken? The Apostle John saw this vision of the new heaven and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Revelation 21 And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. See, this present earth is going to be destroyed by God in the fire. You can read about that in Second Peter chapter 3 starting at verse 10. It won't be here. This present heaven won't even be here. It will be rolled up as a scroll and disappear in fire. And the earth will be burned up and dissolved. And all the works that are therein will be burned up and destroyed. So John says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, 
Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things have passed away. We will not have these bodies which are corruptible and decay and die. We won't have these bodies. When you remove the flesh, you won't hate anymore. Until then, we control the hatred. We control the works of the flesh by crying out to God, please don't let me say that. Please don't let me do that. Please help me with this problem. And there will be no more deaths, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. So this is the new heaven and the new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. According to Peter, we look for this new heaven and new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. We are just waiting to be removed from this earth. This earth will never be righteous. We who are of God wait in peace by calling on God for help when we're discouraged or when things happen. We sustain ourselves calling on God in prayer and He helps us. There will be some way we'll be helped. He'll do something. It may be giving us a scripture to increase our faith but he will do something. He might give us a dream. But he will help us when we belong to him. So it is a matter of enduring. Jesus says, He that endures to the end, the same will be saved. We endure through keeping our faith in God, holding on to faith in God. Not faith in your church, not faith in your church group you'll deceive yourself that way it's sort of like a giant pep rally that doesn't mean anything but where your faith has to be is in God and what he does and that's what we hold on to that which God has told us by his spirit and we have to endure through faith and patience it's not just through faith, but we have to wait. And we have to keep that faith burning. You might need to meditate in the Word of God more and read the Bible. I read, I try to read the Bible daily. Just start at Matthew and read through the book of Revelation and start again at Matthew. Pay attention to those scriptures that kind of stand out to you. Just stop and focus on them because there's a special message from God to you in that scripture. It's like a special message. So don't pass it by. Stop and focus on it. It's not a marathon reading through the Bible. It is just calmly reading through the Bible. And I will tell you, I never read the Bible when I'm disturbed. Never. First, I have to settle the problem with God through prayer. And when I get peace, then I can read the Bible. For you might 
read it wrongly if you're upset with someone. First, you have to get totally calm. And be sure to do Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 constantly. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. What would you like God to do for you in this problem? You can make a request. It's totally appropriate. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus the Word. Philippians 4, 6. Enduring to the end. They that endure to the end shall be saved. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.